You're listening to the Ion New York podcast for Monday, November 5th, 2018. This is the Election Eve edition of the Ion New York podcast. I'm your host, Robert Harding, the Citizen's Political Reporter, and this podcast is presented by The Citizen. Uh, we'll go over a few things today, uh, the latest in New York 24 as we uh, move ahead to, the, to, the, to Election Day. Uh, and then a quick note about editorial board endorsements. There was quite a reaction to the Citizens uh, editorial board endorsement in the New York 24 race uh, yesterday. Uh, certainly those who uh, are aligned with that candidate are happy. Uh, those who are not, uh, not so happy. Uh, but there's a, a reaction to it that I um, wanted to comment on and kind of share some insight and uh, and hopefully of educate some folks about the process uh, because it's a different different side of the business and it's one that I am not directly involved in uh, but we'll get to that in a moment uh, and then kind of a recap of the the weekend uh, and I'll start there uh, I went out uh, Saturday uh, there was a uh, rally uh, at the Teamsters Hall in Syracuse Senator Kirsten Gillibrand was there to uh, boost uh, Democratic congressional candidate Dana Balter, uh, and uh, uh, that rally uh, lasted about 20-25 minutes. Uh, Gillibrand spoke, Balter spoke, some of the state-level candidates spoke. John Mannion was there, the Democratic candidate uh, for the 50th Senate district seat, uh, and uh, so there was a, a lot of Democrats packed into one room and uh, certainly energized. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say both parties are uh, as. Uh, as we head down the home stretch here and uh, uh, election days around the corner. Uh, and then from there, after covering that, and actually there's a story that you can read about uh, the Gillibrand Balter rally uh, on AuburnPub.com, so check that out. Um, from there, I went to uh, St. Daniel Church in Lincourt uh, for, uh, for its Harvest Festival. Congressman Kaka was there. He walked around, uh, shook hands, talked with some people, posed for photos, uh, some selfies with the uh, kids. There were uh, there was food there, uh, and uh, certainly a lot of people packed into one one area. Uh, easily hundreds of people uh, in between the gymnasium and uh, kind of an outside hallway type area. So, and he took questions after you know feeling good about his chances. Said he wanted to run on his record. Uh, so that was the the theme of the day, uh, and then Sunday uh, was the New York tw- the final New York twenty four debate uh, in this election. The uh, two candidates, uh, Dana Balter and Congressman John Katko, uh, uh, participated in the debate on News Channel nine, uh, hour long debate, uh, and I thought uh, certainly the most substantive uh, discussion uh, of the four. Uh, Dan Cummings really, uh, who moderated the debate, really. Uh, challenged them on some of the questions and followed up and and wanted them to elaborate on on certain things, whether it was Medicare and Social Security or uh, the position. Uh, Kako talked about uh, Balter's campaign impugning his integrity with the ads. He came back with a question, well, doesn't uh, uh, isn't uh, the ad against Balter about her time in Florida, how does that or how doesn't that impugn her integrity. So there was, um, you know, I thought he brought uh, an element of fairness to it, you know, leveling the the playing field, so to speak, uh, and 
you know, asking some of the same tough questions of of uh, of the other candidates. So, uh, so it was certainly a good back and forth. Uh, and um, someone did ask me uh, yesterday, uh, why why have a debate so late in the game? And I certainly understand that sentiment. I I think. Uh, uh, I think I hope uh, in two years uh, that they'll space them out because uh, you know the, at times I know I know this was true with the CNY Central and Spectrum News debates uh, they were only two days apart and uh, there there was certainly uh, a lot of overlap in the issues discussed uh, so hopefully uh, come twenty uh, twenty uh, they they kind of agree to a more spaced out uh, debate schedule. Uh, so that it's not all constrained to one uh, one area, uh, and uh, you know I think it would uh, benefit voters if if that's the case too that it's not it's not all in one shot and and maybe they'll be interested in in watching uh, more than just one debate uh, if it, if it's spread out if it's if it's set up like the way it is now I could see why uh, some people kind of tune out and say well you know. If if there's three within you know six or seven days, do I really need to watch all of them? Uh, and that's a fair point. Uh, but I thought uh, last night's debate uh, uh, on News Channel Nine was the was the best yet. Good good way to close out and really highlighted the differences between the candidates. Uh, we certainly have known that for quite some time that there's uh, stark differences between between the two. But uh, I think it highlighted. Uh, those differences uh, on various issues, whether it was uh, the future of I-81, Medicare, Social Security, uh, health care in general, uh, climate change. Uh, there was a discussion, uh, I thought a good discussion, about the carbon tax uh, and uh, the carbon uh, dividend that uh, uh, Balter supports. So uh, a healthy uh, conversation. I mean, they, they did... Uh, there was, uh, you know, a back and forth about, uh, uh, you know, kind of some of the attacks in the campaign, and you know, they they went back and forth with each other on that. But for the most part, it was a uh, a policy conversation, uh, which uh, which I think is good. It educates people about the the issues, uh, the differences uh, the candidates have on those issues, uh, and so you can check out that debate. Uh, at localsyr.com. It did air last, uh, it aired at 5 p.m. Sunday, uh, but it is, it is available on demand uh, online. Uh, so check that out if, if you missed it. Um, I'll close with uh, uh, two things. Uh, one, I, I did want to talk about editorial board endorsements. Uh, yesterday, uh, The Citizen, the newspaper I work for, uh, the editorial board, the, there's a three-member editorial board uh, at our paper. Uh, consists of the publisher, Rob Forsey, and then two of the two of the editors, uh, our executive editor, Jeremy Boyer, and our managing editor, Mike Dowd. So three, three-man team uh, to uh, interview the candidates, and so that's what they've been doing over the past few weeks. They've sat down with each of the candidates uh, in these races, with the exception of uh, the statewide races. Uh, but all the races that are in, uh, you know, kind of our little sphere here, uh, whether it's the congressional race, uh, New York 24, whether it's the uh, three state senate races that we have, uh, the 50th, 51st, and 54th, uh, two assembly races, the 126 and the 130, 
there's an Auburn City Court judge race. Uh, so uh, you put all these together, uh, and they've sat down with the candidates uh, for about one hour apiece uh, over, over the last uh, few weeks, uh, and then came uh, made their endorsements. Now, as I mentioned, they didn't interview the candidates in the statewide races. Uh, in those statewide races, they endorsed Mark Molinaro for governor. Uh, they endorsed Keith Wolford for um, uh, state attorney general, so two Republicans. Uh, they endorsed uh, Tom DiNapoli uh, for, com- for comptroller, state comptroller. Uh, and they endorsed uh, Sen- Senator Kirsten Gillibrand uh, for re-election. Uh, so two Democrats, two Republicans. Not that it should be even, but uh, not saying that you know editorial board invo- endorsement should be automatically split or whatever. But that's how that's how it came out in, in their vote. Um, but on the races that they uh, interviewed the candidates, uh, you know they sit down with them for an hour uh, and then uh, make their endorsements. And those endorsements have come. Uh, in the past week, uh, and and were capped off by, on Sunday, uh, the editorial board uh, made its endorsement in the New York 24 race and supported uh, John Katko for re-election. Now the reaction to that, uh, there there was a Facebook post the Citizen put out there, uh, and uh, the reaction to it is a debate over whether the Citizen is a democratic. Or Republican newspaper, uh, there are some who say that uh, you know even though they endorse a Republican, uh, we're uh, even though even though we endorse a Republican, uh, we're still a uh, Democratic newspaper. Uh, there are some who say that well, this just confirms what I knew that they're that they're a Republican newspaper. Uh, I have a newsflash for you folks that uh, we're neither of those. Uh, the editorial board. Uh, as it turns out, in the 11 races that they uh, endorsed candidates in, endorsed six Republicans and five Democrats. And I think that's purely coincidental how it turned out. I don't think they intentionally went in saying, uh, you know, we're going to endorse uh, a relatively even amount of candidates. Uh, that's how it turned out uh, in their view. They, uh, they reviewed the candidates and made that determination, and it turns out they supported six Republicans and five Democrats. Now, I'm not in a room for that decision-making process, and, and I think that's an important point to make when people are talking about Democratic or Republican newspaper. If you're making the determination that we're either of those things, if we're a Republican newspaper or a Democratic newspaper off of the opinion page, that's ridiculous. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's a bit unfair, especially to those of us who write uh, news stories, not opinions, not opinion columns or editorials, news stories on a regular basis. Um, I've heard from, uh, and I, I, I am quite proud of this, that I've heard from uh, candidates, uh, elected officials alike, who have appreciated my coverage and, and say that it's, uh, that it's been fair. You know, they've been, uh, they, you know, they feel that at times they get knocked around, but they can't say that it was, uh, you know, false reporting in any way, uh, and so, you know, that that to me is the goal. That uh, it's factual, it's you know down the middle, so to speak. You know, it's not picking any one side, just laying out the facts as they are. And sometimes that's going to be inconvenient for one side. Sometimes it's going to be inconvenient for both sides. But uh, 
you know, in the case of editorial board endorsements, that's separate from, you know, the news producing operation that we have here. Uh, it's on the opinion page for a reason. Uh, we label it online clearly our view, which is the view of the uh, citizen editorial board. So, you know, you can make these determinations if you want, but I think it ignores uh, our larger goal. It ignores our day-to-day function, uh, which is to deliver uh, the news in a factual manner uh, and uh, and to present all, to present all the facts of a matter, whether it's a you know local government meeting or uh, in this case a congressional race. Uh, you know, you can get into the weeds with, you know, the, the text of the endorsement itself and disagree with some points that the editorial board made. Totally fine with that. I get it. You know, there's certainly policy differences uh, and uh, people may take issue with some of the things they said. And I think that's that's totally that's that's fair. And I think the members of the editorial board uh, would agree with you on that, that it's that's that's well within your right to disagree with some of the uh, with with their rationale but I think to take that another step and say that uh, oh because of this endorsement that means that the citizen is a democratic or republican newspaper that's just not true we're not a newsletter for either party Uh, the parties can come up with their own uh, you know uh, their own uh, newsletter or propaganda pieces if you will Uh, that's not our job here uh, our job is to deliver the news, and you know I've been covering these races uh, for, uh, well, in this case, I've been covering them all year, but you know, dating back to late 2009, I've been here. I started writing my Eye on New York column in January 2010, uh, so almost nine years now, and I can tell you that the, the goal in my mind uh, was to uh, was to deliver the news in a factual manner, you know. I'm not here to pick sides. I'm not here to tell people who they should vote for. I'm here to lay out the the facts, uh, whether it's in a race, uh, whether it's a uh, you know covering government, uh, a state budget, uh, uh, you know some some issue that arises. Uh, that's that's what we're here for. So don't ignore the news produ- producing function. Of course, I know that there's some people out there that they have already made their mind up. You know the citizens one way or the other. And that's the way they think it is. It's wrong, but they they're certainly entitled to their opinion. Um, but uh, you know, I think to to use these editorial endor- endorsements to make your own judgment to to pass judgment on the paper as a whole uh, is a bit off. Uh, I did receive a question on Twitter. Uh, someone asked me, "Well, what conclusion does one make after an endorsement of Catco?" Uh, and I and I think again, you know, the points I just made. You know, I've covered a, a, a Congressman John Kako since he was a challenger, you know, four years ago. Uh, I think it's fair to say, uh, and uh, I think his, I think he would agree with this. I think his staff would agree with this that he hasn't always been happy. Uh, in case you haven't read the editorials before, uh, you know, they've hammered him pretty hard this year on things related to Trump, on things related to some local issues, uh, Cuba Nation, among others, uh, and so. Uh, he, you know, he's certainly taken his licks uh, from this editorial board. And so, um, uh, especially this year, uh, or at least within the last year, and, 
you know, to uh, to receive that endorsement uh, may have been a bit of a surpri- surprise for him based on those editorials. Um, but uh, you know, I think I think the important thing to remember is that um, you know when the when the editorial board makes an endorsement, they they're not going to they're not in it to pick a party or align themselves with any one party. If you read the the Citizens Editorial Board endorsements, uh, I think it's important to point out that uh, in in every case, uh, they kind of laid out uh, the argument for either candidate or at least shared relevant information about whether it was uh, the race for governor, briefly mentioning some of the third-party candidates or whether it was the congressional race, uh, Dana Balter, they they did include a, a breakdown of some information about her in there. Um, uh, and, you know, that's certainly important and kind of highlighting their, you know, their decision-making process. So, uh, you know, I thought they, in reading the endorsements, uh, I thought they did a good job in kind of laying out uh, why they were making that endorsement, and it was all policy based. It's not based on party. You know, they endorsed uh, Catco in one race, and in the state senate race, they endorsed John Mannion, a Democrat who's running against Bobby Antonacci in the fiftieth. Uh, those are the two. I think it's fair to say uh, biggest races in our area, and they sided with one Republican and one Democrat. Uh, now, there's people that look at that and say, "Well, that doesn't make sense." You know, they uh, on different issues, whatever, but. You know, read the editorials, even if you don't like it. And I know that there's many people that don't. And I know that there's some people that might like the endorsement and still hate the paper. I think you have to read the endorsements uh, to f- to fully appreciate um, uh, what they did there, and to realize that this w- there there were no partisan motives. Uh, the the goal there was to uh, make an endorsement solely based on on policy in their view. And I think that comes through uh, in the endorsements. Uh, so this isn't uh, something where the editorial board is taking a position that um, they're aligning themselves with a political party. Um, that's not their goal. Uh, their goal is to make uh, uh, policy uh, endorsements based on, on the policy differences and, and who they feel based on those differences uh, would be the best candidate. Uh, that's how they've at least since I've been here, uh, that's how they've traditionally done it. Um, they've endorsed, I remember my one of the first races I covered, uh, they endorsed a, uh, one of the congressional candidates, uh, I believe it was in the Hannah R. Curie race, I believe they endorsed Richard Hanna that year, um, over then Democratic Rep uh, Mike R. Curie. And um, I remember getting a call uh, from uh, R. Curie's campaign saying, you know, I don't know what what your paper's thinking. I was like, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know what they were thinking either uh, just because I'm not in the room for that. Um, And that's, I think that's something important to note uh, is that, you know, I I know certainly a little bit about the process, uh, having been here for so long and and what goes into it, but I'm not involved in those discussions, not involved in the endorsements, you know, but it happens uh, every two years. I, I get approached by a candidate who says, you know, why didn't your paper endorse me? You'll have to ask them. Uh, it's not, and it's not the paper at large. It's the the editorial board uh, that makes those decisions. So, 
Uh, I understand that uh, it's something that candidates want. Uh, it, it, uh, uh, we can debate the, the impact of those editorial board endorsements, I think. Um, you know, there's been some, you know, there have be, even been some papers that have cut out uh, editorial board endorsements because they, they don't see the value in it. Uh, our paper takes a different approach. Uh, and they, they choose to endorse candidates, as I know uh, the Syracuse Post Standard and Syracuse.com, they, they do. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, they're, they're putting themselves out there, uh, certainly respect it. But I, I think it's important for people to know that this wasn't just them sitting down and kind of closing their eyes and picking a candidate. They met with each of these candidates uh, up, up, upwards of an hour uh, so that's with the with the local races. You're talking, you know, New York 24. There's two candidates in all of these state legislative races uh, that that touch Cuga County. There's two candidates, so you're up to 12 already. Uh, Auburn City Court Judge race. You know, they they waited into that as well. Um, and then with the races that they couldn't meet with folks, um, they did their homework. I will say that the only, I think the only current statewide elected official who came to meet with the citizen uh, was Comptroller Tom DiNapoli. Um, and uh, I was allowed to sit in on that meeting because it was kind of a broader interview. It wasn't just for an endorsement. It was it was about his re-election. Uh, so, uh, but uh, he was the only uh, current one. Governor Cuomo didn't come to the to the newspaper. Uh, Mark Molinaro did, the Republican candidate for governor, but it was for an interview on this podcast. Um, uh, some of the other candidates uh, uh, didn't didn't make a trip to to Auburn, and uh, I think that's you know not to not to change the subject, but it was an unfortunate part of the um, uh, of the election this year, I thought, and I don't know how much the uh, uh, the primary had an impact on that. There were certainly Democratic primaries in some of these races, but uh, it would have been nice to see, uh, you know, the governor pass through here, uh, the and, and some of the candidates for uh, attorney general uh, and, and some of the other candidates for, for governor as well. Um, they may have sat, sat down with me for interviews, but, uh, uh, well, I will point out that Libertarian Party candidate Larry Sharp uh, did make multiple trips to the city but uh, you know, in terms of some other candidates, um, uh, they did not uh, at least do any sort of uh, public events here. But um, uh, just wanted to uh, kind of lay out uh, the whole uh, issue with editorial board endorsements, and hopefully you learned something from it. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's not as simple as people make it out to be, uh, and I think it's certainly reflect, reflected in. Uh, the reporting, you know, whether it's whether it's our paper or Sy- Syracuse Post Standard, you know, I've heard s- similar things about the Post Standard over the years. Oh, they've endorsed, they endorsed uh, candidate A, and that means that they're, you know, a Republican paper or a Democratic paper, and um, y- you know, it's un- it's it's unfair to make those judgments uh, based on editorial board uh, endorsements. Uh, one thing that you have to keep in mind with editorial boards is that. Uh, you know, at some papers, uh, and I know that our sister paper in Glens Falls, the Post Star, they do this. They have uh, outside people who come in and uh, uh, join the uh, join the editorial board. They're called community members or something. I, and I think I don't know if they still do this, but the Democrat and Chronicle in Rochester uh, does a similar thing where they have uh, outside folks 
uh, come in and serve on the editorial board uh, for uh, a term. I don't know if it's a year or two years, um, but uh, they do welcome community members in. Uh, and so it's important to note that, you know, that's what some people, that's how some people approach, you know, the editorial board process, that it's more of an open uh, process. And I know that that's something that uh, the citizen has talked about before. Uh, I don't know if it'll ever happen, uh, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's one way to inject uh, certainly some diversity uh, into the room and uh, the decision-making process. Uh, so that's something to uh, consider as well. But just wanted to make it clear that, you know, it's easy to pass judgment. It's easy to say, oh, they endorsed CATCO, they're a, a Republican paper. Um, I think if you read uh, the editorials over the course of the last two years, um, I'm not saying that the endorsement of CATCO was a tepid endorsement. I'm not saying that, uh, uh, you know, we're... It, it, we lean the other way, but endorse CACO. Not saying that at all. Uh, what I'm saying is, look at the uh, look at the policy matters that the editorial board has addressed uh, over those last two years, and um, you know I think you'll see that you know it's not as simple as saying, oh, we support so and so, and uh, uh, you know we're we're on the bandwagon with them. Um, uh, you know that that's not that's not how it works uh, in the newspaper business. We we hold people accountable, and uh, you know the endorsement process is uh, is what it is. Uh, you know you you have to pick between the two candidates, and in this case, the editorial board uh, chose uh, Congressman Katko. Uh, so uh, there's people that uh, don't like that. Certainly understand, uh, but I hope you realize that it doesn't. Uh, you know that doesn't mean that we're uh, in bed with one party or, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that we're, uh, you know, it doesn't mean we're a lock to, uh, you know, espouse the, those party uh, values or what have you. Uh, if you look at the, uh, if you look at our overall uh, endorsements, uh, I think if you read them, uh, you'll see that it, it comes down to policy uh, and uh, that's what they base their decision on. Uh, I'll wrap it up there. Uh, just a quick preview. I will have a pre-election podcast tomorrow, uh, kind of laying out, um, uh, laying out everything. I'll I'll make sure to post that at six a.m. right when the polls close, and then uh, I will have a post-election uh, podcast either late Tuesday uh, or for early Wednesday. We'll see how uh, the election uh, turns out. Uh, in some of these races. I will be covering, uh, uh, so come tomorrow, I will be covering uh, New York 24 and the 50th State Senate District. Uh, I'll be covering those two races, uh, and uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be worth following uh, me on Twitter, at uh, Robert Harding. Uh, I'll be posting some results there, updated results throughout the night. Uh, also check auburnpub.com for uh, all of our election coverage. Uh, I'm actually going to be posting some things today about, uh, you know, some of the preview stories and things. Uh, you'll want to check those out before you head to the polls tomorrow. Uh, I'll even uh, be posting, uh, reposting, I should say, uh, some of the past uh, uh, podcast interviews. Uh, sat down with Congressman Kako, sat down with Democratic challenger Dana Balter in the 50th Senate District race, sat down with Bob Antonacci 
and John Mannion, and then uh, in the race for governor, uh, interviewed Mark Molinaro. Uh, so those five interviews I'll be reposting today uh, for people to to read and, or to listen to, uh, and then the preview stories I'll be uh, reposting uh, for folks to read. So uh, keep an eye out for all that. Uh, the next time I talk to you, uh, it will be election day, and uh, you know my advice is always you know go vote. Um, it's it's uh, one of the best parts about our democracy. Uh, you know don't uh, don't let it pass pass you by. You know I, I I'm a firm believer uh, in 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 voting. Uh, or at least encouraging voting. Uh, you know, I think it's, especially for, for young people, you know, I, I read the story, and some of you may have seen it with the, uh, the New Yorker piece, uh, 12 people who, you know, explain why they're not voting. And yet, days later, it comes out, you know, these, these uh, uh, huge spikes in early voting among young people, 18 to 29. And I thought that was kind of the perfect uh, you know, side by side comparison. Here you have a story uh, about twelve people, you know, in their twenties, explaining why they're not voting, uh, and yet here you have uh, statistics showing that uh, among, among their peers, uh, voting is just exploding this year. So uh, I think that's uh, you know that it's it's important. You know, so go vote uh, and. Uh, the next time I talk to you, it will be Election Day, uh, and the fun begins. Uh, so I'll talk to you Tuesday. Until then, thanks so much for listening.